ever, ever stepped into. It's the most colorful. It's wonderful. We have more people than we have room. We're all squeezed in like mad. Um, we had more people than we had notes. And I made, <clears throat> how many did I make extra? I think about three. So we, in, we anticipated at a squeeze that we would have 18, and we had 23. Um, and next week, we've got more. <laughs> but it's just absolutely amazing. I, you know, God is working, and, and if you need cheering up, you probably can't fit upstairs, all right? <laughs> but you could stand in the stairwell on, on Monday night at 6 o'clock or at 6, well, 6.30, 6.30, when praise and worship starts. Hey? Hey? Wonderful. You've never heard such singing. It's just awesome. Awesome, awesome. You could go there and come back and be invigorated. On, on Monday night when I got home, it took me till after 12 to get to sleep. I, I was just, it's like, yes. I felt like God had given me a blood transfusion, you know, Wonderful. really. And it was hot and sticky, so we're bringing a fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to, we need to pray for, uh, uh, Anne, if you can come and pray for rain and for the country. It was on your heart. Yes, yes, yes. You, you're the one who had the vision for it. If you have a vision for anything in this church, you get to do it. <laughs> Talk about being thrown in the deep end. <laughs> and Father, yes, let's be thrown in the deep end with the rain that we are praying for, Lord. In your grace and your mercy, I pray, Father, that you would, that you would send rain. The earth is thirsty for rain, Lord. We're thirsty for rain. We're thirsty for the physical rain and the spiritual rain. Father God, for, for your sake and your kingdom's sake, we ask, forgive us our sins. Forgive us our idol worship. Forgive us all that is turned away from you, Lord. Forgive us and have mercy on us. In your wrath, remember mercy. And yes, Lord, Lord, we ask, we ask today, Father, we're asking in your name to send rain on this nation, and I ask it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Norman, can you come and share? <laughs> we ask for the glory, Lord, the glory. Morning, everyone. We had a wonderful breakfast yesterday. If you love food, you need to be there. What's wrong with you ladies? Start your own one. There we go. Folks, just, just a brief word. Alan asked me to share something of what I shared yesterday. But before I do, this, this is a picture of a calendar. You won't be able to see too much. But it's from 1999, December. So it was the month before the new millennium. And I love this. This, this stays next to my bed. The problems ahead of us are never as great as the power behind us. Never. 
There's nothing that's impossible for Jesus Christ to do in us and through us in the power of his Holy Spirit. Nothing. Shall I say nuxni lutu? Nothing. Yeah, what I shared yesterday, actually when Adam started, I was about to start preaching last week, this thing just dropped into my spirit. A different spirit. And it was referring, of course, to the um, 12 spies that went into the promised land. And they all went there to explore the land, and they came back, and in one sort of area they all agreed. They said the land is wonderful. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. The fruit is wonderful. And they said, this is great. But then there was a split in the, in the, in the vote after that. Ten of them said, we cannot take that land. The people there are big. The um, cities are fortified. And we cannot do it. And Caleb and Joshua said, no. With the help of our God, we can do it. And what, what struck me about that was, what, are, what were they seeing? What were the ten seeing? They saw all the problems in front of them. And they were, they were knocked sideways and they missed out because they didn't go into the promised land. But the other two saw something else. They saw with eyes of faith. They saw that with God, everything is possible. And he had actually told them to go in and take the land, so it's a done deal. And that really challenged me. When problems come our way, the problems ahead of us, they come. Jesus said we will have problems in this world, but take care. Or don't, what's it, how's it go? I have overcome. The problems ahead of us are never as great as the power behind us. And so the two saw with the eyes of faith. They didn't look at what was physically in front of them. Smith Wigglesworth, that amazing British evangelist healer, was called in to pray for someone who was, had been in bed, comatose for about four years, I think. Just totally no life almost, just breathing. And he went in and had a look at the situation, came out, and the guy that was there said to him, I suppose you're going home now implying that that there was no hope. And he said, no. He said, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what I believe. So every situation, the problems ahead of us are never as great as the power behind us. That's for us today, this year. And I'm so excited, Arlene, about what's happening up there. When we come and pray on Monday night, you can hear the, 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 the rumble going. It's wonderful. Can I have two more minutes? There, there's another bit in Scripture. Goliath, David and Goliath. Similar sort of picture. The armies of, of Israel and, and uh, the Philistines were on two hills in between was a valley. And Goliath would come out every day and, 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 and call out to the Israelites to say, Send a man. He will take me on. And whoever wins, we will submit to that, that result. And he, this went on, I don't know, I can't remember, 30 days or something. And then David pitches up. And he looks at this lot and he hears what's going on. And he said, Who is this 
uncircumcised Philistine. And you, you sort of think, well, what's that got to do with anything? And that's got to do with everything that we're about. What he was saying was that I am circumcised. I am in covenant with a living God. And this Philistine's not. He said, I can take him out. Not because of who I am, but because of who God is. And for all of us this year, I encourage you. When things seem to go wrong, just remember At the cross, Jesus cut covenant for us. We are in covenant relationship with us. He has promised to watch over us and to keep us. He has promised us healing. He's promised promised us provision. He's promised us deliverance. There is nothing that we should lack. Psalm 23. Thanks. I've just been reading a book of um, history of revival, revivals. And what I found fascinating about it, it's got a chapter in the, which covers the last 10 years of lost century. Amazing. Amazing stuff. Just one little story. This, uh, I think he's American. He goes into Mexico because he's overseeing a whole work there. And it sounds like there are just dozens of churches in the hill country. Uh, peasant Mexican people. And he gets there. It's a four-hour drive by four by four. And then a two-hour hike up the mountain. And he gets to where he's going. And he's sitting waiting for the pastor to come. And the pastor comes. And the pastor's weeping. And he said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't do, mean it. I didn't do it. It wasn't my fault. And he says, well, you know, what's going on? What's going on? He said, well, when I got up to preach the other day, he said, as I started preaching, the people started crying, and they started falling down, and, and he said, all heaven broke loose. Father, I pray today that all heaven would break loose over this assembly. Yes. Father, I pray that that river of life that's flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb, its crystal clear river of life, will pour out upon this community. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, Lord, speak to us. May we hear your voice. Yeah, at the beginning of this year, I had some time just to seek the Lord on on this year ahead. And looking at what was happening in the country, there were many challenges. Um, And I just want to try and build a little bit on that word that... Uh, the problems ahead of us are not nearly as powerful as the one behind us. And I was grappling over this because the difficulties that this country is facing, God has answers for each of them in his word. But the task is so great, where do we start? And I was sharing this with a friend of mine, and he said, you know, I've just read something that I found so helpful. Um, And there are five core values here that um, Heidi and Roland Baker use in their Mozambique ministry, which is 
but similar to what uh, Norman was talking about in, in um, Mexico. Um, and I just found these so, so helpful just to, to put an anchor uh, on how we go ahead and, and how we build on this. And the first point is to focus on Jesus, to see the eternal perspective, not to focus on the job, but to focus on the one who's going to accomplish the job. Um, If we focus on his love and his righteousness, we can get a clear direction ahead. So number one, focus on Jesus. Number two, depend only on Jesus. If we focus on him, he will be the one who will supply what we need to accomplish the work that he's called us to do. So we depend on him and we must expect miracles because we're about his business. Number three, Start with the ministry to the poor. God chooses the weak and despised things of this world to shame the powerful. This is where, if we start focusing up there, in the world's terms, we won't hear what God is saying. We need to start where God is moving and those that are open to his word. So, number one, focus on Jesus. Number two, depend on him. Number three, start with ministry to the poor. Number four, suffering. Learning to love requires a willingness to suffer for the sake of righteousness. And number five, just want to move on there and then we, we look at these together. Number five, joy. The joy of the Lord is not optional and it far outweighs the suffering. And we, we've got a kind of a, a wrong um, idea that suffering and joy are mutually exclusive. That if you have joy, you don't have suffering and if you have suffering, you don't have joy. That's not what God's word says. And in James, he says, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. So the two go together. Um, it's, it's not that, you know, the Lord is going to spare us from all suffering when we walk in his righteousness. But he will give us that joy when we walk in his righteousness. So I just found these helpful in trying to work out my priorities for the year ahead, and I'll just go through. Focus on Jesus and see his perspective. Number two, depend on him and expect miracles. Number three, focus, start by focusing on the ministry to the poor and those that don't have. Number four, suffering, expect it. Number five, joy, we will have it. So, yeah, let's just pray. Lord, I just thank you that the task ahead is great, 
but you are greater. And Lord, that you have called each of us to walk in your way through this year to accomplish those good works that you've prepared beforehand for us. And Lord, we look to you that we may walk in joy and just know your power. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you. We Americans, we're hard to get rid of, I guess, huh? (laughs) Avril and I were, as we were praying the other night, we're just, we're just thanking the Lord for you guys. We're just so blessed. We're just, it's so wonderful when we came back to be uh, greeted and cared for and looked after by our family here. And we're just, we just want to thank you for that. And it's such a blessing to us. Um, I'm going to do a little 10-minute thing of some of what we do when we, we share what we're doing. Some of you know what we do and some may not. But we're called to be, as you said, talked about, I think, point number five, to work with the poor. That's our calling. But I greeted you all this morning as fellow missionaries. Amen? Right? We're all missionaries. We're all, I just happen to have that calling. You have a calling if you're a plumber, if you're an electrician, if you're a nurse, a doctor, whatever, you're an IT guy. You're a missionary where God puts you. And I, 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 as I've been traveling and talking in churches, I, I feel like the, what the Lord is doing in, in, in my life, I know in, in 2016, is building an army of servants. He's building an army of servants. His people were called to be servants, right? Amen? Um, Jesus said, And whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We, we, we're talking about being like Jesus. Are you ready to give your life as a ransom for many? That's being like Jesus. Amen? Are you ready to give your life as a ransom for many? Because your life is not your own. You were bought with a price. Amen? And do you want, can you roll that, that thing there for me? As we travel, we're sharing about, of course, being here in Africa. We minister here as well as in Zimbabwe and Swaziland. Um, some of the things that we do, we, we're spreading the gospel through, through servant evangelism. In other words, I go into an area and I serve the people in their need, whatever their need is. I talk to them. I ask them what their need is. I don't come in and I don't talk about Jesus. I don't bring out my Bible. I just begin to serve people and find out what their needs are and minister to those needs, serve those needs. And eventually they get around to asking me, why are you here? (laughs) 
And when I, when I as, a, as, as a, uh, a white man go into a black community sometimes and say, I'm here to serve you, they look at me like I have two heads, right? I mean, and yet that's what call, God has called us to do. And he's brought us into this area of service and evangelism through service. When I went into Peter Marisburg, began serving the refugees there, Eventually, they asked me, well, why are you here? And I told them, because Jesus, he came to me, and he loved me just like I was, and he served me by giving his life for me, and he does the same for you. And 21 people in one meeting came to Christ right then. And I hadn't said anything about Jesus for weeks. All I'd been doing is serving people. I feel like what we're, we're called to do in 2016 is expand our horizons in service. And the Lord has, when we left, we were kind of upset because we were like thrown into this situation where our visa had expired and we had to go now at some expense to try to rectify that situation. I had to fly to L.A., and show up in person with a stack of papers like that and go through the whole deal. And we were like, okay, Lord, what is, what is going on here, you know? And uh, as we were really praying about it, the Lord began to show us. He is re... Um, I, I had the word um, retooling us for, for this year. He's, he's reprovisioning us. And you guys had prayed, and, and there was a word that came that we were having to have a double blessing. Well, it, that is exactly what's happened. It's been absolutely astounding. You know, the economy is really bad in the U.S. right now, and giving is down to almost everyone I speak to. And yet, in, in spite of all that, God has doubled our provision for this year. It is amazing to me. And I, uh, I just look at and I just am astounded at the provision and the blessing of God. And I know that it confirms to me what He's already speaking to me is that He wants to expand what we're doing in the kingdom. Amen? That we keep advancing the kingdom in His name. That we bring, uh, go, go to the poor as He's saying, be of service wherever you're at. Look to be like Jesus in your, in your vocation, in your ministry at home. We go into, this is an area in Peter Maritzburg where we, we work with uh, primarily Zulu, um, people that are uh, physically disabled, and we help them with wheelchairs and beds and help them do some fixing up of their, their property. We, uh, we, when we go to the States, we ask for short-term teams to come in and help us. The short-term teams have been a big blessing because we can go and train them to do Smart Choices, which is a Christian-based program in the schools where we, we do AIDS prevention and AIDS awareness and using the gospel and the character of Jesus as the standard and abstinence in marriage and faithfulness within marriage. We train 
people. It looks like this year we're going to go back into Zimbabwe. The Lord has provided for us to do that. Um, so we're really excited about that, and we ask that you'd pray about that. Because uh, it, it's getting worse and worse in Zimbabwe. Uh, every report we get back from there is, is things are, are, are looking increasingly disastrous. And, and when we were there, it was really, really horrific conditions for the people there. So we ask that you pray. Um, as a brother was saying, we want heaven to crash down on them. Amen? We want that, that uh, presence of God to fall on the people. And as I've was preaching there there's a great hunger there's as you see the tents were just full of people there's a great hunger for the word of god people are just desperate to hear from jesus right now so uh, i know that the lord and the lord has confirmed that we are called to go back into zimbabwe so as we prepare for that we ask that you'd pray for us that we would be in step with the spirit of god and his timing and what, and what he wants us to bring into that situation, uh, that truly desperate situation. We're, um, we're blessed to be able to work with Leonard and Gertrude Skumba. We're also supported from the church here. And we're really excited about seeing them again and uh, ministering together. The Lord has, has built a real bond in our spirits with them and Avril and, and my spirits with Leonard and Gertrude. And we know that's a kingdom relationship. And that happens when we're walking with the Lord and He's leading us and guiding us. Um, as I was just thinking as, as uh, I was hearing Brother share about um, being in position to work with the poor. And I'm so blessed because I've noted that when the heart of God is already there before I get there. Being in that ministry, just by proximity, I'm getting closer to Jesus. (laughs) Because His heart is already there. Right? I mean, the the Word says His heart is with the widow, the orphan, the poor, the the destitute. Jesus is already there. That's why he, He got me there. It's because his heart is there and he wishes to love them, to serve them, to bless them. And so as I am just, all I, all I am is obedient, I get to be next to the heart of Jesus and to feel his heart beating towards the people that he loves. He loves, he loves and cares for those who are in desperate need of him. So I would just... Encourage, encourage you throughout this, this next year to view yourself as a missionary where you're at. And to be a servant evangelist. To serve purposefully. Right? We, we, we want to be open to what the Lord, the Spirit of God, leads us to do. And there's a time... But we also want to be very purposeful about it. Amen? We want to serve um, knowing that that's what Jesus does. He comes into every situation he went into, he came into as a servant. And so 
Lord, we ask that you would make our hearts like you, Jesus. None of us do this perfectly, Lord. But it's our desire to do it perfectly. To be like you. God, we're, no matter where we're at, and I know I'm preaching to the choir here, a loving, serving body of people. But God, help us to be even more like you, Jesus. God, that we would shine for you in all that we do. Amen. Thank you, Joe. Does anybody else have a story or a scripture that they would just want to share? I was going to ask the worship team if you can come forward. Anybody? Um, oh, I haven't got my glasses. But just this morning, everyone, everyone has been talking about giants and problems and things. I just want to share a scripture that really touched me a couple of days ago. It says, Thou God seest me. And it was about when Hagar was sent off. And she was sitting in the desert and when Sarah had sent her away before um, Ishmael was even born. And she was sitting there, not knowing what to do. And God's presence was with her. And she said, Thou God seest me. And I just thought, God sees us all the time. There's nowhere we can be that he doesn't see us. Nowhere we can hide from him. And nowhere where he can't provide for us. So I just want to bless you with that word. Thank you. But uh, I was, I've been reading Isaiah, and I think it's Isaiah 53. And God said to, to Israel, this is the fast that I require of you. Not to bring animals and and, and sacrifice them and then go away and, and beat up your uh, servants and, and, and be horrible and not behave like one of mine. But this is the fast that I require, that you, that you like Joe and Abel, minister to the poor and the sick and the widow and provide for them. And, and, and take off your well, clothes that you, that you can uh, spare and, and bring to them and food. And that is the fast that God requires of us. Just as, as Joe was speaking, I thought I could kick myself because I had this uh, word all prepared, but I forgot my Bible. <laughs> Don't worry. That's fine. So as we face the giants and as we face life, let's close the service now with some worship. And if anybody wants prayer, if anybody feels that the giants are too big, or if anybody uh, wants to rededicate their lives and, and uh, see a new area of, of life in which, the, the, they, which you can serve, then I want you to come forward while we're worshiping. So Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that as we worship, we can face the giants that come the next day. We can face with confidence because we know our God is a mighty God and we have victory in you. 
We thank you, Lord. It's Christ in us that is the hope of glory. And we want to walk in that this week.